ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I need the D in Fingal Bay and I'm going to get it any way I can. (laughs) Daddy Beach. On. Hello. Hello, Zan. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I had a nice little break in South Korea. Can I just make an apology because we were so caught up in Britney World a mm. couple of weeks ago that we finished that episode, the last episode of Bang On, and we're like, cool, see you next week. And then oh, and we <laughs> forgot to say I was going away, didn't we? So yeah. yeah, I did. I did record a little um, note to the Bang Fam, but yeah, we um, we didn't realise we forgot that you were just suddenly going to South Korea. How the hell was it? <laughs> it was amazing. Took a quick break. Went to Seoul. I've always wanted to go to Seoul. Uh, have never been before and loved it. Did loads and loads of walking. Checked out all the sites, all the temples, all the beautiful things like that, and did a bit of shopping. Got myself a bit of Gangnam style. No, I didn't because I can't <laughs> afford it. Gangnam is like you know, it's like all super, super, super high end shopping, and you know, you basically don't even go into those shops because they take one look at you and go, "Yeah, right, you don't belong here." <laughs> exactly. Get out. Get and out. You, and you like our Julia Roberts? I got money to spend here. Yeah. Well, if I had, I would, but I, I didn't. So no, it was it was fabulous. And and I fell in love with Korean street food and snack food, which you'll enjoy immensely. Um, there's there's a particular food that I feel like needs to be huger here than it is. And um, I don't think I'm going to say it right because I only ever read it and never said it out loud. Tiokboki. Okay. I should, I should do pronunciation, actually. Yeah, no, that's good. Pronounce. <laughs> Hang oh, on. Here we just... go. Tiokboki. I thought okay. you were saying you should be one of those people who does pronunciation. I think it's tokboki. Okay. Tokboki. Okay. And and what it is is basically, you know, rice cakes, but not like how we know them. It's just rice cakes that are made in the shape of pasta and they're sort of chewy and springy and mixed with like that sort of spicy red sauce. That's Ooh. apparently huge hangover food. Chuck a slice of cheese over the top of it. I was in heaven. I Hell was yeah. Just, I was purchasing this every time I possibly could. The food is amazing. You can't get bad food, it seems. Um, So I ate a lot, walked a lot, and just put my head somewhere else, which was really, really lovely. How good. I enjoyed Mm. seeing all of your little um, snaps and lots of amazing-looking architecture as well in Seoul. Yeah, there's some really interesting contemporary architecture. So, and my fellow's an architect, so of course we had to wander around. And How many tours these, did you do? Tell me all honestly. these buildings. No tours. No tours. No, no. We just did like you know. He was um, doing the tours. He was doing the tours, and and you know, of course, I've done my knee. You know, I've still got ACL injury, and so here I am hobbling around in the streets of Korea, going, "This is probably not the best holiday to have." When you, I mean, because my knee's still bad. Five months in, mm. so, um, but I got there. I hobbled around slowly, slowly. Age um, is pain, isn't it? I'm just feeling like the chronic pains that come up are just not going away. This yeah. is our future, me. I know, I know. Look, everything I'm hurts. I'm ready for it if it just means that the only holidays you can have are tropical island holidays where you have to lie down. Someone's, actually, about, someone's about to enter their Noosa Dua era. Yeah, I feel. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. And the knee injury just confirmed it because, like, I was doing twenty thousand steps a day, and I literally haven't done any exercise for six months because of my knee. So it was it was a lot. It was a lot. But motorized scooter is in your future. Absolutely, <laughs> bring it on. Bring it up with a big flag on the back <laughs> and a, and a very loud horn so I can beep everybody. <laughs> 
Amazing. Uh, well, I also went away. I didn't go to Seoul. I went to Shoal. Shoal Bay. Shoal and Seoul. You were in what Seoul. What made you I was go to Shoal Bay? Well, I had a wedding for a friend um, on a on a Saturday in Newcastle oh. and thought I'd do the sneaky take the Monday off. I mean, I asked for permission, obviously, yeah. but for the long weekend because it was the cup holiday in Melbourne and went a bit further north, about an hour further north to Shoal Bay. It's beautiful there. It's so beautiful. So I've sort of been around those areas before when I used to live in Sydney, but I'd never been to Fingal Bay, which which is incredible. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why am I? I'm, I'm not even. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know where your mind went. I know. Absolute, dirty bitch. Crass, absolute dirty bitch. <laughs> and um, you know what I did? It was a bit like, I, of course, the irony of leaving Melbourne, which has just been shit weather for the last few weeks. It did that classic thing where it's like, mm. oh, it's early summer. And then it's like, no, no, it's still spring. It's going to be cold and rainy and, and overcast. And then I had this. Long weekend plan. I'm like, I'm finally going to get some sun. I really need to jump in the ocean. And, of course, it was torrential rain in Shoal Bay oh. while it was 28 degrees in Melbourne. Oh, but on the sorry. very last day as we were leaving, that was the day where it was 24 degrees. And my little overcast Melbourne heart got so excited. I went down to the beach and I lay there and I thought, I'll just go for a dip and then I'll put the sunscreen on afterwards. Oh, and I, I lay there in the sun for half an hour, for 45 <sighs> minutes. And I am beetroot miff. Oh, no, Because <laughs> you've got beautiful, better. beautiful, soft, you know, not sun damaged skin. You're very good. This is when people get burned too. It's when yeah. you like. It's, it's when you so get optimistic. You get optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, and you just think I need I need the D, I need the the Vit D desperately. I'm just going to do this because I need the D in Fingal Bay, and I'm going to yeah. get it anyway. I can. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, it won't settle into a tan, which is the great um, the great joke of my life. I just burn, and then I peel, and then I go completely pale again. But that's okay. I will know better next time. Yeah. Um, but I am actually, uh, what, before we're getting into Bang On today, I wanted to quickly celebrate something that has just been announced this afternoon, which is hot off the press. Oh, sizzling. <laughs> As journalists, we have all the breaking news for you. This is actually very exciting news because we both have some news to share. Mm. Today, uh, something called the ABC Upfronts, which is where the ABC tells everyone, including media, audiences, what they have planned on TV for the next year. You might have seen all the other networks doing it. The ABC does it as well. And today it was announced that Take 5, Season 3, is coming to ABC TV and iView in 2024. Congratulations. Such good news. I'm so excited. And, of course, it's season finale next week with Lin-Manuel Miranda. This is the final episode. But, yeah, very exciting to share that it's going to be more in 2024. 23? Woo-hoo. 24. What year is it? Oh, 24. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but that's not the only thing coming to Obusu TV and iView, is it? I know. I know. We took a year off, but it looks like Spicks and Specs is coming back for another season as yay! well. So that's yay news. Yay! Hands on buzzers. I know. Goodness me. My brain, though, my middle-aged lady brain is just useless <laughs> these days. I... I literally couldn't, like it took me, I did a quiz a couple of weeks ago and they were like, what's the biggest band in Korea? The place I'm going to <laughs> and I know it's BDS. I, all I could think of was the letter B. That was it. No, nothing else The brain was like, that's enough. That's enough. That's, you know what it is and you can get it and you can see half of it. But like I literally, my brain has stopped working. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it could be a, an interesting year for me. Spicks and Tumbleweeds coming yeah, your way exactly. in 2024. Like, oh, 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 
<laughs> no, it'll be great. Very exciting. Very it'll exciting. Be fun. Congrats. Be fun. Congrats to you. So two weeks has passed since Bang On was last in your feeds and a lot has happened. It would be remiss to not celebrate that Kim Kardashian and her growing empire have sprung a new product. Ooh. Um, Good use of words there. <laughs> the nipple bra. The nipple, nipple bra. bra. The product no one actually asked for. Kim <laughs> K has seen a gap in the market for that and created a nipple bra, which is like, it looks like just like a normal, one of those T-shirt bras that do a bit of padding to usually hide the nipple. This time it has its own nipple and little it's a perky dot. one. Yes. It's, not a, it's not a sad old kind of little kind of saggy one like most of us probably have at this point in our lives. Oh, come on. It's like, well, I mean, yours are great, obviously, <laughs> and everyone who's listening are great, but, you know, it's, it, it not in general, not as ex- most people aren't as excited as this nipple bra seems to <laughs> seems to show, unless you're freaking freezing cold. And the headlights and was, perpetually turned on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, she's got a nipple bra. The sales pitch was: no matter how hot it is, you will always look cold. Still not entirely sure why. Um, <laughs> and it is all about the Earth's temperature is getting hotter and hotter. Sea levels are rising. This is what she said in the the advertisement. The ice sheets are shrinking. I'm no scientist, but I believe everyone can use their skill set to do their part. Uh, That's why I'm introducing a brand new bra with a built-in nipple. So no matter how hot it is, you'll always look cold. Goodness me. Do you reckon she's just creating products for memes now? Like it's just she's just leaning fully into it? Yeah, I think there's How many people are buying this nipple bra? Well, look, on a more serious note, apparently there is a small portion of the audience that are interested in this, and that is that is women who've had mastectomies. Oh, of course. Yeah, so that actually caters for them. But I feel like this bra is probably mostly targeting women who want to look like their nipples are erect for whatever reason. I, I don't know. Is it is it is it a thing? Like, uh, is that what the kids are into these days? I feel like I'm a bit out of touch with the nipple banter. I could be, I mean, I've got a very different relationship to my boobs. No, not very different. I just, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have uh, mad cans, as you and I do, who have mm. a different relationship to those who have, you know, a less well endowed. Um, yeah. Everyone has a different feeling about their chest. I constantly wanted to hide because I've developed early and my boobs have yeah. just been massive. I constantly wanted to hide them. I curve my shoulders, I reduce my chest size if I can. I used mm. to wear minimising bras and absolutely always, whenever always. whenever it was a bit chilly, I'd rub my little hands over my nipples and go, get away, get away. <laughs> the last thing that I want is to draw attention, attention to my yeah. chest. But it's funny, like, of course, Zoe Williams, who I think we've spoken about before in The Guardian, has uh, coined it perfectly in The Guardian. Kim Kardashian's next trick, a bra to make you look turned on by absolutely everything. <laughs> And she's kind of wondering as well why, you know, why you'd need to do this, you know, would this make your day better or worse? It's hard to say, she says, but definitely different. And the whole piece, I'll put it in the show notes, is very, very funny. But she kind of comes to this conclusion that between the butt, which is, you know, iconic as well, Kim Kardashian's Mm. bum, which has definitely had some augmentation, between the butt, the shapewear empire and the new nipply bra, I've figured out Kim Kardashian's real purpose to create clothes that make you look more naked than you would naked. <laughs> and maybe that's it because all the skim stuff is all skin toned. I mean, everything in Kim Kardashian's world is beige. That's this general yeah. kind of rich person sort of aesthetic that she goes for. But a lot of it is like, imagine me more naked than I would be actually naked. 
and the nipple bra seems to just go that one step further as well. But I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, am I out of touch? No, no, naked but held in and perfect. So it's almost like Mm. the airbrushing of the body. So in in a way, she's recreating the body on the body, but a more perfect version of it. That's what it is. Yeah. And so you can actually be airbrushed from head to toe. Yeah. Constantly fixing yourself, constantly fixed. Constantly fixed and constantly perfect. Nipples constantly erect for whatever reason. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you've run out of hands and you need to like press the stop go button on the traffic lights. I don't know. I just don't see the point. We spent years buying those t-shirt bras to hide the nipples. And now all of a sudden, what's the point? Throw them out. Throw them out. Get in the bin. (laughs) In happier news. Your friend and mine, Dolly Parton, appeared in a headline in the last few days, which has many people, myself included, saying, Dolly Parton's going to be at the Arias? Question oh, mark. She's step, been announced as one of the presenters. We've got to step up our fashion game as she is indeed going to be there as one of the presenters. This is huge news because, you know, you and I are both going to be there. Yep. I don't oh, think she's yeah. going to be there. You don't think? I think I it's going to be a video link. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? I mean, <laughs> She's it, got a new album coming out at the end of next week, so three days before or after the Arias happens, she's dropping Rockstar, which we're oh, all very excited. Oh, is this the rock and roll album coming out? the rock and roll album. We've already heard a few singles from it. This is her with the eye patch yes. uh, in the full leathers. Other images include her in full leopard skin. It's a vibe. I reckon she's just going to be on video link. I don't know what award she's going to be giving out. She'll probably be saying g'day to Keith Urban at some stage. She loves oh, Keith. Oh, you'd hope so. <laughs> You'd hope so. Our Rekindling key. their friendship. Our I don't, key. But if she's bloody there, I will die. Because, yes, quite correct, you and I are going to be at the Arias. I don't know what I'm wearing yet. You found out you were going, like, in the last 48 hours. Yes. <laughs> I did. And you know what I did? I went, oh, well, look, and it wasn't even absolutely confirmed. I thought, I need something. I've got nothing. On the way home from Seoul, stopped off at Hong Kong Airport and just went, I'm doing some airport shopping yes! right now. <laughs> so I went to, I think I found a, like a, one, a Zara or something and just went in there and got a dress. Oh, my so God, I I've, love this. I've gone, I've gone high in design. You're my know. icon of airport shopping. The fact that you've shopped for uh, music's Night of Nights at the yeah. airport is just like, that is queen activity. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't fuck around then. That's essentially <laughs> what it is. I, I ain't got time to fuck around. No. So essentially I just had to go and have a look and it, it's. I think it'll be perfect. It feels it's got an Aria's vibe and um, hopefully there aren't 15 other people wearing it because it's got a very accessible price point as well. <laughs> so, you know, there's always that risk, but who cares? Who cares? I'm excited. We're actually going to be doing Bang On the morning after. I have asked for the record to be delayed a couple of hours, I won't lie. But we are going to be doing Bang On in the hours after the ARIA Awards. Um, So we will give you all the goss, everything that you see on TV and, of course, the juicy goss of what doesn't happen behind the cameras. Um, next week on Bang On. I'm and so excited to, to meet Dolly. If you got to meet Dolly, oh my god, it's going to be fun. Die. It's going to be I very, would actually very fun. die. I would die I too. I don't know if I want to meet her. To be honest, it's it's like you know when they say don't meet your heroes. Like I actually feel like she's so special. I, I wouldn't have anything interesting to say to her, and therefore I just I would just bore the shit out of her, and just be look, look like an idiot. And I'd rather not. I reckon you'd go into a fugue state. I would actually. <laughs> 
I would. Just be staring. And then your mouth just drops open, a little bit of drool. (laughs) And her rhinestones and her baubles. I love her. I love her so much. It's amazing. So that's happening next week. I'm going to say 99% sure she's doing video link. I'm very happy to be proved wrong and see her at the Horden Pavilion. Uh, (laughs) Dolly Parton at the Horden on Wednesday afternoon. Apparently the ceremony is going to be all done by 8pm, which is very exciting as well. Oh, that's good. Early I mean, night. it starts at 5, so, you know, you'd hope yeah. it'd be done by 3 hours. They always go on for about 74 hours. So. I'm sure that there'll also be um, ample opportunity to celebrate this person because it seems that even when she's not releasing any new music, although she has been, um, she wins some sort of award at the Arias. I was at the Arias where Taylor Swift turned up as Richard Wilkins' date. What a great sentence. Oh, my God. (laughs) And they sat next to each other. I was just, Yeah. And I was looking at her going, oh, that's funny. He must be enjoying this, just hanging out. Like someone's gone, all right, we're going to put you with Australia's greatest music journalist and you're going to hang out with him all night. It's Dickie. Dickie Wilson. And they've gone to Dickie. Look look after her, Dickie. Look after her. (laughs) You're the best man for the job. Look after her. I wonder if he did. I wonder if he... He was a good, he was a good chaperone. Yeah, I mean, I met Richard. Great. I met Richard Wilkins when we, when I was on the jury for Eurovision, and he's a lovely fella. I love him. Yeah. I love him. Lovely fella. Anyway, that was then. This is now. Taylor Swift. This is actually the Taylor's version of "Shake It Off," which is the latest album, 1989, which this finds a home on, to be re-recorded in Taylor's experience of re-recording all of her records to take control of her legacy and, of course, Uh of the masters that she wasn't able to buy back. And this has brought up a great read that you pointed me towards by the wonderful Eilish Gilligan, who's written a long read for Junkie on remembering that moment in, when was it, 2015, when Ryan Adams did his acoustic cover of 1989. This is such a great read, Miff. Oh, such a great read and so timely and I think in terms of reassessing a lot of what we were encouraged to think prior to, I guess, you know, to a certain extent, the enlightenment of the last couple of years. And it speaks about the fact that Taylor Swift was was not necessarily given any cred for her songwriting and her ability to craft a, a fantastic pop song and was also, I guess, derided too for her relationship uh, status, which changed on the, you know, about as regularly as most people, but because she was a woman and she was in the spotlight, oh guy, it, yeah. it was it was deemed to be somehow, I don't know, a little bit controversial or something. And she went out with famous people. She she was living her life no differently to anybody else in in the normal world. And there hadn't been any allegations of alleged sexual harassment and abuse on Ryan Adams at this point. He was still considered a bit of an indie darling. Mm. And and so he deemed it important because he was breaking up with Mandy Moore at the time to re-record Taylor Swift's record and do it in his own way and give his take on it. And And the interesting thing about looking back at that time now is how everyone thought, oh, what a wonderful idea, What? how, how great. Oh, isn't this funny, isn't this ironic? He's legitimising the, the sweet pop of Taylor Swift and in a way giving it credibility. And now looking back, and this article really points to it, which was the fact that that album, 1989, should have been entirely triumphant for her at the time, which is what Eilish has said, because she is a 
skilled and accomplished songwriter, an innovative performer, a savvy businesswoman, but by trying too hard to be genuine, she was told she was fake. And Ryan Adams apparently gave her a little bit of credibility at the time and affirmed that she was a great songwriter, but it had to come via a man reinterpreting her work. Mm. And that was the devastating bit. It's like, so this was so true at the time. Do you remember? Yeah, well, Taylor Swift wasn't really taken seriously by certain publications. Eilish points out that Pitchfork had never reviewed any Taylor oh. Swift record before this, and the first album they did was Ryan Adams' cover of it. But in general, and it still was very recent past, that even networks like Triple J just wouldn't play pop music like this like we do now, you know. The attitudes around pop music and authenticity and all of that stuff have really changed. What audiences want and crave has changed, in my opinion, as well. Mm. But there was definitely a feeling that Taylor wasn't really taken seriously and the fact that, you know, you could see that the writing was fantastic but the fact that she'd put this incredible pop sheen and made names like Jack Antonoff, huge names in the production world Mm. because she chose him to work with him on this and that pretty much catapulted his career. You know, this was something that was almost undermined and and belittled because you can't make great songs if they sound like they're bubblegum pop. And this was really a change for her in terms of going into that realm, coming out of, again, what people would think of as authenticity of country music, of singer-songwriter. She goes this way and people are like, oh, this is trashy, this is thin. I think I even had some of those feelings at the time too. You know, less than 10 years later and the situation is very different. She's, you know, been completely celebrated, rightly so, as one of the greatest songwriters of our time and, of course, making history, making the most successful concert film in history as well with her era's tour. But I think one of the other things that really stuck out to me in this piece was when Eilish talks about an interview that Ryan Adams gives where he talks about listening to it and then he does a bit of what he calls side writing on the album. Oh, yes. So she's presented what is, was then and now considered a great work of art, one of the greatest albums of our time, and he decides, I think I can make it a bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so the cornerstone of male artists and and trying to better a female artist and, you know, ripping off their work and saying, I'm just going to add this little flourish and that's what makes it genius. It's like, well, no, you you took something that was genius at the core, you changed the pronouns. (laughs) Yeah. And you made it a bit sad and boring and you took all the fun out of it. Like, that's not fucking genius. Uh, as Eilish Gilligan says, he fucked it. That's yeah. What, you know, I like it. it. Don't mince words, Eilish. Don't ever mince words. And I, I, I love that. It's kind of true and it makes me really sad that it took something like that from an artist like Ryan to legitimise an artist like Taylor Swift. It's just, it, oh, it's so depressing really, isn't it? And again, it's it goes down to or it comes down to that whole concept of validating teen girls' tastes. Mm. You know, like the Beatles wouldn't exist if it weren't for teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift wouldn't exist if it weren't for teenage girls. But somehow they, you know, it has to be condoned by a man in the music business before it can become credible. And that that was the bit that I just thought, oh, God, it's so true. It's so sad. I think we've moved on from that and I hope we have because I think we're becoming very, very much more aware of these institutions that are telling us what's good and making up our own decisions. But 
there's still an element of it, I'm sure, out there. And you see the legacies, two of them side by side, and who is thriving and who is not so much thriving. How do we remember this? But yeah. I loved being reminded of this because I'd totally forgotten about this cover version and, of course, the, the sort of feeling around it and the feelings that I had around it. And, again, very recent past that this all happened. So I was very glad to be reminded of this. Such a good read. Now, one of the other things that happened in the last couple of weeks was pretty shocking. And I think that in the realm of an epidemic that is violence against women, this is one of more than 50 women who have died in the last year. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but wanted to shout out a great piece that you sent along to me, mm. Miff, by Nina Fennell, who wrote an editorial in news.com.au I'm talking, of course, about the violent death of Lily James, who was a teacher at Sydney's St Andrews Cathedral School, uh, allegedly at the hand of Paul Thiessen, who was also a teacher at the school. They were in a relationship for a short time. I think everyone knows this story. His body was found um, afterwards. Seemingly, he's taken his life. And so it's obviously an open case, but the response from John Collier, who was the former principal of the school in the days following, really shocked a lot of people and again spoke to the sort of excuse-making and quote-unquote contextualising around good men who do something in the heat of the moment. And really, the editorial that Nina writes is, I think it captures the anger of a lot of men that there's so many times where these things happen and people rush to talk about how they weren't the person who's allegedly perpetrated it, mm. wasn't such a bad person. Um, yeah, it's the good bloke narrative, isn't it? The good bloke oh, narrative. But, but yeah, that was, that was such a, he was such a good bloke, you know, and it's like, well, I'm not sure a good bloke does those sort of things and we need to rethink how we frame, especially in reporting in the media, of well, who and, and what these men are. Mm. The, I think that the thing that Nina brings up really successfully is that she talks about um, a, a culture that exists at St Andrew's Cathedral School. And again, I'll just point you towards the article to read it yeah. because it's quite detailed. But that culture is something that we know all contributes. When you see those ads about domestic violence um, and family violence on television that start with kids being young and the behaviour they see and things that are said that then elevate to physical actions that then elevate to horrible things like deaths, they're all intertwined. So making this sort of statement of they were a good person and this just happened in a second just doesn't fly. And we know that logically, but it continues to be a reaction in 2023. And I think that one of the great issues with this is that, as Nina says, if we don't address the issue or at least ask the question, then everything will return to business as usual. Mm. And I think that a lot of people are getting in you know, have been frustrated for many years, decades, about the lack of response because it's too complex, it's too hard, whatever reasons, of this epidemic of violence against women, violence against families, when it is far and beyond one of the biggest killers in Australia and there's just not enough that's being actioned around it. So Nina just really nailed it in this piece. It was hard to read but I think yeah. important to read when you think about the sort of media that we consume, the things that are shared, the things that people in power feel okay to write to an entire school body in the wake of such an awful, awful event. Yeah. And they think that that's fine. It all should be called into question, shouldn't it? Absolutely. And I'm not entirely sure why an ex-principal would be writing to the community 
that's the bit that struck me as very, very odd, mm. very odd in this whole scenario. They've obviously called on him to to write something and I just think times have, have moved on and, and if views such as those are still held, we don't amplify those views anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And the school should know that. Yeah. The article's in the show notes if you want to read it. I, I encourage you to read it if you're up for it. If this conversation that we're having right now has been difficult for you, for whatever reason, there are people that can help. 1-800-RESPECT is a number you can call if you are in a, in a situation that you need help with domestic and, and family violence. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Miff, I have some good news for you and a song that you definitely want to hear. That's going to be the soundtrack of us walking down the Aria's red carpet next It'll week. It'll be in my way. brain. <laughs> be a- yeah, 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 yeah. Sachet, Chante. <laughs> no, the reason and I'm pose. playing this and is because we do have a fashion update. We do. It's Halloween. Halloween. Halloween, we should call it. Halloween. Um, Halloween. Hey, before uh, we get into fashion, though, you decided to head along and judge a Halloween oh. dog competition at the 86 Festival a couple of weeks ago. I haven't seen you. What the hell happened? You do- Like, people were dressed up. I'm sorry. Dogs were dressed up. Dogs were dressed up, <laughs> most importantly. Some people, some some owners did dress up as well, but mostly dogs. And it was, like I've got to say, a gig of my life. Yeah. It was one of the best this things I've ever done. made for you. Surrounded by dogs, surrounded by dogs in costumes. <laughs> Everyone was into it. The, the audience had all turned up super early on a gale force wind day in Melbourne in a car park <laughs> in Thornbury, just out, out of the city, and it was just heaven. I had a ball. Some of the costumes were amazing. We had like a – there was a Dolly Parton dog that was like a, you know, kind of serial killer Dolly Parton dog. There was, <laughs> the winning dog, the, the public vote went to uh, the dog dressed as the actual 86 tram, but a Hall- Halloween version of the 86 tram. Love it. It was just superb, and I just touched so many dogs. <laughs> I, you know, just getting to pat dogs for – a job is one of the best things you can ever do. So um, any other dog jobs people <laughs> would like me to be involved in, I'm putting my hand up. I will offer my services for free. Uh, Get it's... her onto the judging panel for the dog show. Let's go oh, to Westminster, baby. Absolutely. All the way to Westminster. <laughs> the only way I'm ever going to get there. Um, I am ready, but it was heaven. I had a ball. I love that. Well, dogs aren't the only people dressing up. Dogs are the best people. Uh, but actual people were dressing up. And Halloween, I've got to say, there's a lot of hot outfits. I don't like hot Halloween. I think that nah, it's boring. boring. I do want to shout out though, um, two people that did look very hot, G Flip and Chriselle Staus, who went as Troy Sivan in drag and Ross Lynch from Troy's One of Your Girls video clips. That was oh amazing. God. That's really kind of um, it was layered. Hot. It was hot. It was layered. Yeah. There was a lot of prosthetics going on. Troy, interestingly, oh. went as a Collingwood footballer, which I don't know whether Troy knew that G was going to go as him, but yeah. G's a massive Collingwood, Collingwood fan. fan. So it's just like a little kind of, you you know, this one for you, oh, one for me. Knew. I love that. They knew. They knew. Of course they knew. Hot but, hot footballer. Loved it. That's right. Paris Hilton, of course, is Britney. Yes. Uh, in the toxic it, video clip. In the toxic video clip because, of course, it is Britney's year. Yeah. She made acknowledgement of that. I loved that effort. And um, my personal fave was the sister of Kim Kardashian, yes. of course. Yes. <laughs> Courtney dressing up as Kim and Kanye at the was it the twenty 
13 Met Gala, I think. Was when it she was back, dressed in the carpets, way back when, the drapes. When she, yeah, when she came as um, that fully, it was like that full flower outfit. And she in was, bloom. In bloom. She was she was very pregnant at the time. And uh, at the time, I think that was the first one she'd been invited to. And Anna Wintour didn't want her there, if I remember correctly. And she wore that. And, of course, Anna Wintour didn't like it. But, yes, a fabulous outfit. And her sister looked great in it too. But what an easy one. You can just go over to her place and borrow it. And go, <laughs> From what I can gather, they're not communicating, so she probably had to whack it up on the genome. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping anyway. It's all about Heidi Klum, though, isn't it, uh, for it is. Halloween? She often has a big party. And, of course, last year, I can't believe this was last year. It feels like it was about five years ago. Who could forget she came as a, worm. a slimy worm? <laughs> <laughs> and she slithered on the carpet. This year she came as a peacock and her husband, Tom Cowlitz, so I think last year was the fisherman with the hook, That's came correct. as a stubby little egg. And once again, Heidi has come through on the red carpet outside her party. And then we were thinking, what could my husband be? And we have this chandelier at home above our dining room table. And the chandelier has all these Easter eggs on. And I was looking at these eggs and I was like, you should just be an egg. It should be just be an egg. <laughs> He's the, sh- the shortest little stubby egg I've ever seen. <laughs> She's really at the bottom of the list though. Like last year we're in this year, peacock and an egg and just getting inspired by her chandelier. Um, I don't know. What's going on? Like it, it's good, but like I think... I know she kills it every year and it's very important to her. I like the worm because it was very funny and it... Ugly. And it was ugly, but like... I don't know, dressing up as a peacock so you can't even tell it's Heidi or you can't even tell it's her partner. Not that anyone knows who he is anyway. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, sorry to be I rude I just to... know I had to ask in the office. I was like, who is he? Yeah, sorry and to so be rude. I, like, I think he was in some European band in the 2000s or something called oh, to- Tokyo Hotel or something. I don't know. Good on him. <laughs> but, like, when you can't tell who they are, is it really a costume? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like, because you could see Heidi's eyes in the in the worm and she looked kind of as perplexed as everybody else by her costume, whereas this she just looks like, you know, a beautiful, beautiful peacock and it could be anyone. You can't really see her in it. So I don't know. I'm not rating this one. I think she's fallen off the perch in terms of, <laughs> in terms of her, her Halloween queendom. I think it's over. I gotta say, I didn't know much about the context around the presentation of this, but Liza, our bang babe, just updated me because she's deep on the TikTok. Yeah. And apparently, when they came out, this as a red carpet, and the whole emergence was there was a bunch of I think Cirque du Soleil performers or oh, acrobats yeah. or whatever, and they came out and they made the big fanned peacock tail. But there was one person on the edge whose little um, fanned little flappy thing wasn't quite erect, oh. and Liza's just like you could see the terror in their <laughs> eyes, it's like. Just trying to like flap it up again because it's fucking the whole shape of the big peacock. Like, You're ah, fired. That's a true that Halloween person. fear. Don't fuck up Harley, Heidi Klum's outfit. Sorry, no. Klum. Klum, I should say Klum. Yeah, don't fuck it up. And they did. Did they get it right? Did they get it erect? I'm not aware. Did they get it erect, Liza? Yeah, she's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason you haven't seen the full fan. There's a reason that's been wiped from the internet. I do like, though, that she has come as a bird, um, given I feel 2023 is very much the year of the bird and the bear. Uh, so on on trend, on topic, capturing the zeitgeist, but still not quite up to scratch. Is it the year of the chameleon, though? Because hot on her heels is Janelle Monet, who also has game in wearing amazing outfits. She's previously come dressed as the Grinch, among other things. 
I saw this without any context and I was like, oh, that's right, it's Halloween. Janelle Monet in a full chameleon suit crawling through a tree. And Again, <laughs> like send your body double. She's, that's not her. She's not even in there. Why would she bother? She's like, like it doesn't matter. Like, hey, what's the point of this? I'm not here for it. It's like they're great costumes if you're in a musical theatre production where you have to be an animal and look like an animal. But, like, this is Halloween. We want to know... Who you are. Like, she could have just sent her sister out. Send and who, and like, who cares? This is phoning it in, in my book. It's good, but it's phoning it in. Send a Body Double reminds me of last time I saw Sia perform live in Australia, which is quite a few <laughs> years ago now. And it was that show where she was kind of at the back of the stage. It was very yeah. minimal. And she was doing the wigs and you couldn't see her. And the wig and the big bow. And her voice is so perfect that people mm. were kind of like, is it backing tape? Is there just a body double on stage singing oh, into backing tape? Is Sia actually here with us? Why not, though, if you're busy? You've got stuff on. It's like, if you can get away with it, why not? Why not? Why not indeed? A perfect mention of birds, though, because before we get into our bang on for today, I just wanted to shout out a couple of great emails to the bang box. Yeah. Uh, Nadia messaged, hey, Miff and Zan, as Australia's leading source of bird news, I thought you might like to know about the Peregrine Falcon family who have set up on a new Sunshine Coast City Hall building. The building was inspired by the Glasshouse Mountains. Mm. The smell of the rotting carcasses of their catches are permeating through the building. <laughs> we asked for it, I guess, with our building design. Attached is, attached is a photo of their offspring from this year. We've called her Persephone, means bringer of death. Love and the it. photo of Persephone that Nadia has sent, she is looking straight down the barrel of the camera and she is saying, I am going to fuck you up. Absolutely. <laughs> These birds, I met, they're, they're predators. They are... <laughs> They they kill for a living. This is what they do in order to survive. And they, the looks that they give, and they've got to protect their babies, and they've got to you know they've got to eat. So they do. They look. They can look quite severe. They're majestic and extraordinary, but they are, they will fuck you up if they get the chance. So <laughs> I, you know, it's it's the circle of life with these peregrine falcons. You're really getting to experience it. The cuteness of watching them grow and there's a couple of the Crowley falcons are beautiful in Perth. I'm watching them grow as as we speak. They're mm. still sort of white and fluffy, but they they're starting, you know, the eyes are starting. The I'm going to kill you eyes. <laughs> It's beginning. There's so. no webcam for this Sunshine Coast um, bunch of peregrine falcons yet, but if you are in the Sunshine Coast and you want to smell rotting carcasses, yeah. then head along to the City Hall building. That's where well, you can get that beautiful scent mm. through your nose, through and your schnoz. And that's what you get if you mirror a building on a natural <laughs> like a, a, a natural thing. Yeah. So You asked for this. Yeah, you get what you deserve, yeah. I, I think. <laughs> One other email as well from Jess. Greetings, Anne and Miff. I am a bit late in listening to last week's episode, but as an OG member of the Bang Fam, my ears pricked up when I heard Zan mention she was taking a pottery class. Mm. A few years ago, I experienced a bit of an identity crisis. Triggered by a change in careers, COVID, and just the general state of the world, I found myself a bit lost. The answer, I thought, at the time, was pottery. It was not. I just want to put it on the record for those like (laughs) me who might find themselves misguided by whimsical hashtag pottery talk videos and nostalgic rom-coms that pottery is hard. Ambitiously, I jumped straight into a six-week beginner class without even giving myself a taste of what I was in for. In short, I really committed. But in a series of events that seemed to leave my teacher increasingly confused and my classmates amused, week after week, I became progressively worse at pottery. It got so bad that by the end of the course, rather than taking any of my own works home, 
None of my creations made it to the fire. My teacher presented me with something he had made himself, a cup that has since been dubbed my sympathy mug. Oh, that's brutal. I drink my coffee from said mug every morning and it reminds me, A, of the kindness of others, B, of the value of art, and see that I'm not an artist. Zan, I wish you well on your pottery endeavours, but if by chance you come to the end of it without the masterpiece you expected, just know you are not alone. I tell you what, my pottery teacher has also made me some sympathy bowls as oh, well. Really? Oh, are you joking? <laughs> do they put the hand in when it's not requested? Like you're in the middle of They go, no, just do it like this. Yep. Oh, shit. They're like compress the top, Zan. Yeah, yeah. Just Here, do I'll it like do, Let me just Here, I'll it. do it. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, Bronwyn also got in touch and recommended the Great Pottery Throwdown as well. I'm all over that, Bronwyn. It is pretty much the Great British Bake Off, but pottery. The exact same format. Right. And it is joy. Joy personified. Um, We're about to get into our bang-ons today, but also just a quick heads up, Miff. You and I this weekend are bringing Mm -hmm. Bang On Live to Nagambi Lakes. It's happening in just north of Melbourne, Hour and a half north of Melbourne on the way to Shep. It's an incredible weekend, like ridiculously huge comedy lineup. People like Anne Edmonds, Celia Pacola, Luke McGregor, Susie Youssef, Geraldine Hickey, Reese Nicholson, Lizzie Hugh, Merrick Watts, all of them are going to be there. And then us. <laughs> <laughs> I just love we're being booked on a comedy festival. I, I mean, know. the expectations are huge. But we're going to be doing Bang On Live on Sunday, and you can get tickets still, weekend tickets, day tickets, whatever you like. We would love to see you there Sunday, Arvo. We will be having special guests mm-hmm. who are part of the lineup. We've got some shit games planned as well. Of course. And we've got a year in review. Yeah, we're going to get the pow- dust off the old PowerPoint. That's right. The PowerPoint's going to get a workout, and um, yeah, there'll be some there'll be some great views expressed about the year. Very very <laughs> firm views, I think. Look out for our hot takes. That's right. After a couple of wines. I know. I know. I've got to drive, so I'll be very responsible, sadly. Um, I will have a wine, just one, because I'm at a winery. But, yeah, looking forward to it immensely. Cannot wait. It's been ages. It's been a year, hasn't it? It's been a year, yeah, since we did the last one. And um, we're going to, yeah, be there again this Sunday. So I'll chuck the link in the show notes if you can come along and... um, Hope to see you. Very excited to see Bang Bang once again. What are you banging on about this week? Uh, well, of course, I watched a million movies on the plane and uh, none of them worth reviewing. <laughs> but there was one that stood out and I absolutely loved it because I lolled a lot. Theatre Camp. Have you heard oh, about Theatre Camp? Oh, yes. That was the closing night film at the Melbourne International Film Festival. It is so funny. So cute and so funny. And if you think the mockumentary is over, you need to watch this because it's just so beautifully done, but done with such heart. It's not even really taking the piss out of characters. It's, it's. I mean, the adult characters, yes. Uh, it's uh, it's by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman and they are, well, they are running this camp while the owner and the founder of the camp is in hospital and it's a theatre camp so all the kids are theatre kids and they're just beautiful absolutely beautiful and I feel like they might be real theatre kids anyway so there's no piss taking and and laughing you know aside on the side of the the theatre kids they just absolutely shine in this movie but it's the adults you know that the son of the owner who's a tech bro finance guy influencer influencer who's just an absolute oh, loser, really. And <laughs> it, it's just gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. I thought there was nothing left in that style of, of mockumentary. I feel like we've sort of done that to death of late. But this one is good. It's beautiful. It's 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 very, very funny. So I, I highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, pure joy. And also Amy Sedaris in a very small but um, mm. very um, – 
good role in this as well. Nice to see her pop up and be her best Amy Sedara self. Absolutely. So, so um, What are you banging on about? Well, I'm banging on about someone I just mentioned, Reese Nicholson, who Yay! has just released their wonderful memoir, Dish, Spiels, Scoops, Emotional Outbursts and the Occasional Recipe is the subtitle of it. It is a book of essays about Reese's life, about Reese's coming of age. Reese is a great cook as well, and there are really wonderful recipes. The thing I loved about the recipes too is that it sort of just cuts through all the bullshit and says, this is easy, this just takes time, do it this way, takes away all the kind of mythology and mystery around cooking in a really fun way. But also I read the whole thing and just was hearing it in Reese's voice, which is very funny. I love Reese's comedy. Reese, for anybody who doesn't know, stand-up comedian. Genius. One of the judges on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I will say, uh, be clear, also a very good friend of mine. But you know that relief, like I had with your book, when you read a friend's memoir and go, oh, thank God, it's good. (laughs) It's really good. I just loved it so much. It's so funny. I I think it's just great to hear from someone who you're like, oh, you see that they're very successful and they're doing all these things, but then you're reminded that they were just like a a misfit in Newcastle falling asleep in their share house after they'd got absolutely obliterated and walked in the front door and just fallen down in the hallway and just decided to sleep there. That still existed too. It Mm. takes one thing to get to the other. And I think that's a very grounding thing in our lives to remember that we all come from somewhere, um, that Reese came from, you know, a, a large regional area that, you know, was basically a place that wasn't necessarily super friendly to people who are a little bit different, um, but came through and has bloomed into this beautiful flower and it's just really great. So Mm. dish, fantastic. And we may be speaking with Reese about that this weekend. Ah. Did you just drop something I need to pick up? Was that a a hint? (laughs) Hot, hot tip. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Love it. Love it to bits. All right, well, I guess I'll, we'll bang on again in three days, eh? What are you going to wear to the Aries? What are you going to wear? I don't know because all of my outfits are very layered and it's going to be hot in Sydney and, I, I again, I don't want to drop a name, but at the Logies, which was in July, I'll remind you, it was a hot day and I went down the red carpet and I was schwitzing. I was covered yeah. in sweat at the start of the event. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So oh, i got to figure it need, out. I need to go to the airport. You know what you need when you're that hot? One of those Kimmy K bras. Just pretend... <laughs> Pretend you're cold. Maybe that's the key. You can mentally prepare for feeling like you go, I look like I'm cold, so I'm cold. Maybe it's like that whole psychosomatic thing. I'm going to wear skims. That's what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear the nipple bra and some skins, skims shorts. Just go down in that. That'll be fine. That's it. That's hot, yeah. isn't it? It's better Pop than being naked. <laughs> but then it, yeah, true, true. A little bum bag for my things, a little fanny pack. Yeah, that'd be great. And there we go. Can't wait to see you there. All right, babes, I'll see you on the red carpet. Okay. Love you. Love you too, babe. Bye. Bye. Hang on.